Hey everybody, welcome to Player's Spellbook, a podcast all about the magic of Dungeons and Dragons, starting with the spells in the 5th edition Player's Handbook. I am your host, Derek, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tim. And today, we're going to be talking about the cantrip Druidcraft. Yeah, but first, uh, and kind of on the topic of Druidcraft, I was wondering if there are any ways that you've used weather um, in different uh, sessions or campaigns. Just weather in general? Yeah. Well, maybe like more of like a like a weather effect or something that like is there any memorable way that you've used weather in a in a session i think that some really extreme weather events can make for some great combat settings or just setting in general um obviously like fighting in the middle of a lightning storm where you have to worry about being struck by lightning or in the middle of a sandstorm in a desert um can be some really interesting terrain in which to build encounters or interactions with NPCs. I think recently we had a run in with uh, thick fog over the ocean uh, when you came across a shipwreck in our pirate themed campaign and had to try to rescue a castaway from aquatic ghouls in the middle of the shipwreck when the fog was making it difficult for you to see. um, And you could only tell vague outlines and who is an ally and who is an enemy and that sort of thing yeah. that the, the way in which it obscured line of sight i think was a a fun way to make the weather almost a, a, an additional enemy in a in a combat yeah for sure pcs don't like to not be able to see no, <laughs> particularly PCs who love to cast things like silvery barbs and <laughs> counter spell and other spells that require being able to see. For sure. Uh, why don't I go ahead and read the, the cantrip description? Go for it. Uh, so Druidcraft is a transmutation cantrip, casting time one action, range 30 feet, components verbal and somatic, and an instantaneous duration. Whispering to the spirits of nature, you create one of the following effects within range. Effect number one, you create a tiny, harmless sensory effect that predicts what the weather will be at your location for the next 24 hours. The effect might manifest as a golden orb for clear skies, a cloud for rain, falling snowflakes for snow, and so on. This effect persists for one round. Effect number two, you instantaneously make a flower blossom, a seed pod open, or a leaf bud bloom. Effect number three, you create an instantaneous, harmless sensory effect such as falling leaves, a puff of wind, the sound of a small animal, or the faint odor of a skunk. The effect must fit in a five-foot cube. And effect number four, you instantly light or snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. Uh, that cantrip, uh, if the name wasn't suggestive enough, <laughs> is available to druids, uh, though I guess it is worth mentioning that it can be picked up via the Magic Initiate feat, as well as the Arcane Archer subclass gets access to this, and potentially oh. Nature Domain Clerics, because they get to pick a Druid cantrip when they, when they take the class. Probably, I think, the only use I have seen of Druidcraft, and it is almost always a friendly Druid giving a flower to a kid or 
yeah. some other just like cute little gesture. And that's yeah. the majority of Druidcraft castings that I have seen. Yeah. <laughs> For it's sure. It's just a way to have your druid have a cute moment when they get to the village. Well, it's like with prestidigitation and cleaning clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your your bard with prestidigitation is basically the team's laundromat where they just come yeah. to you after every fight and they're like, hey, I'm covered in gross. Fix this. Uh, yeah. So do you want to go through these effects one by one or would... I mean, I guess one of the first things we can say is that this is basically the druid's prestidigitation prestidigitation or thaumaturgy our prestidigitation episode is going to be a nightmare we're going to be just stumbling over that word oh, constantly yeah. um, we'll just call it presti or <laughs> so something digitation sure. yeah <laughs> p-spell yeah um yeah druidcraft is the first of the three for lack of a better word, minor magic cantrips being druidcraft, prestidigitation, and thaumaturgy. Yeah. And so you have the divine magic, the arcane magic, and then the primal magic version of that, which lets you just basically be a spellcaster, be a magical person. You can create these, these little minor effects that can demonstrate to the world around you that you are in tune with the gods or magic or in the case of druidcraft the natural world and you can kind of bend the natural world to to your will or you can tap into like the spirits of nature because this the cantrip says like you whisper to the spirits of nature so it right immediately suggests a sort of an, an animistic interpretation wherein you know there's life in all of nature around you and you know how to communicate with those beings I think that Druidcraft, at least to me, strikes me as kind of the least useful of those minor magic cantrips. Yeah. Uh, I think that Thaumaturgy with the booming voice and the, the flashing eyes and slamming doors and whatnot is a fantastic accompaniment to intimidation checks or just generally being kind of a, a scary person. Um, yeah. Prestidigitation includes a lot of really fun stuff that can help you come up with with various tricks like creating little objects or small sounds and and that kind of thing um the most obviously useful thing that druidcraft can do for you is predict the weather um which in some campaigns will be completely useless like i'm picturing if you took this while you're playing the out of the abyss storyline from wizards of the coast where the basically the entire campaign is in the underdark yeah. You don't really care what the weather is outside. Like you can know, <laughs> hey, on the surface it's raining, but we're, yeah. you know, thousands of feet underground. So <laughs> unless this tunnel floods, we're not really that worried about it. Yeah. I mean, um, that being said though, I think as a DM, you could if you had a druid who had this spell, you could think about it and be like, "Oh, I could make weather more important in my campaign and mm-hmm. make this kind of worth it." Yeah, I think a player taking this and casting it frequently is a signal to you as a DM that they're interested in your world. They kind of want to know what's going on and what to expect. Um, And that's that's sort of helpful. I think that unless, as I mentioned to the answer of your question at the beginning of the episode, unless it's for 
know, pathetic fallacy to represent the mood of a scene or for an interesting twist on a combat encounter. I don't really think about weather that much. Right. Um, and we're in we're playing a, a pirate themed game. <laughs> like you guys are on a ship. Like we're playing the kind of campaign in which weather is actually very important. And it should um, matter. And should matter a lot. <laughs> uh and so yeah, maybe that maybe that's on me to start rolling on my random weather table more. Yeah, um, or to kill one of our characters so one of us can <laughs> so that somebody can take a druid. <laughs> I don't know if it's that extreme. I guess another. Um, I guess uh, I mentioned at the beginning some classes that can take this. Another class that can take this would be the warlock. If you go for the uh, pact of the tome that gives you some bonus cantrips, you could take oh, druid okay. craft. So yeah, there you go. maybe we can encourage my my wife is playing a fey pact warlock and she just recently took the pact of the tome so maybe maybe i can encourage her to take druid craft (laughs) rather than having to kill somebody (laughs) or we could or we could kill a player the player character probably not a player that yeah for sure yeah we let's (laughs) let's make that clear i put a damn we don't actually kill our players (laughs) if you die in the game you die in real life (laughs) yeah exactly or if yeah, if a PC rolls like really high and knows that you're using pathetic fallacy, I feel like this becomes a divination spell at that point. <laughs> like if it's raining tomorrow, something bad yeah. must happen. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Wow. If you're able to predict accurately your group's <laughs> behavior emotions the yeah. twenty four hours in advance, so kudos to you, man. Yeah, for sure. I think if that were to happen, I'd probably throw that out throw the pathetic <laughs> fallacy bit out the window because it's like well that's not happening anymore um but then again i mean there is kind of a question in how this cantrip works like right. is it exactly like predicting the weather for the next 24 hours yeah i was does going that because i'm picturing you know what if you're somewhere like where we are in canada where you can have like all four seasons in an afternoon if the weather's right you know it can rain and then snow and then the sun can come out and melt it all and yeah you can go through so much weather in 24 hours yeah i wonder if you could kind of flavor it or like another not flavor another way that you could maybe work it as a dm is have your player say like a time like morning or like tomorrow morning or afternoon Mm -hmm. and then you like they could pick the time within the next 24 hours that you would give them the weather for, or they mm. could ask, yeah, that's or they could, or they could name a weather effect and you can tell them if it's going to come up in the next 24 hours. Like say you're on a ship and you're, there's and you no, know, is it going and there's to no wind the next or hours. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, there's yeah. No if wind. you're caught in the doldrums, is there going yeah. to be wind in the next 24 hours? Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. They can pick a weather effect and know if it's coming up. Yeah. Obviously, since it's a cantrip, they can just keep picking effects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Asking. For sure. <laughs> uh, but it would be very handy to know if there's going to be a wind tomorrow. If yeah. your ship is just stuck in the ocean, not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, the, the third effect, you create instantaneous, harmless sensory effects, such as falling leaves, a puff of wind, the sound of a small animal, the faint odor of a skunk, the effect must fit within a five foot cube. Um, there are some situations where that might come up. Uh, I think you'll find a lot more use out of what's given in press digitation. 
Mm-hmm. But certainly a creative player can come up with something for that. Yeah. If nothing else, you can use the puff of wind to make your cloak billow dramatically when you walk into a room. <laughs> yeah. And for that alone, <laughs> I think there's probably value in getting <laughs> Druidcraft. Yeah, for sure. But independent of that, the sound of a small animal could be super yeah. useful. Like the sound yeah, of a little sure. rat scuttling around somewhere might draw the interest of a hungry goblin and convince yep. him to come around the corner and get jumped by your party's rogue. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, if you're facing any kind of animal, you you can definitely use this to create pheromones. Yeah, or create the sound of a create the sound of a well, it's a small animal, so probably not a predator, although I might allow something up to the size of like a fox. Yeah. But you could create the sound of prey. Some yeah. prey animal rustling in the bushes to draw the attention of a carnivore away from you or into a trap or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I think this this spell is only limited by your imagination and knowledge of nature. So Yeah, yeah, I can picture a druid making a nature check to be like, what sort of small animal might this creature be interested in? What is it what does it eat and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, I think if you're if you're clever and creative and around a lot of around a lot of animals, I think this you could find some use there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the last one is instantly light or snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. Um, that's just mostly style points. Probably you have a tinderbox and can light those anyway. Um, yeah. But it, it looks cool. Um, yeah. And it might, depending on certain, depending on certain circumstances, you might allow uh, a player to say, uh, and a effect on an ally who's like caught fire say they're fighting a fire elemental and it's hit them with their touch and now they've been lit ablaze maybe you can use druidcraft to snuff that out from 30 feet away instead of having to be adjacent to try to smother it um, yeah if yeah, you that makes sense. yeah if a player's taken like the control flames cantrip then maybe i'd put this under the purview of that but if you're not mm-hmm. playing with the Xanathar's Guide spells, if you're sticking to just the player's handbook, then I, I would probably allow Druidcraft to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for a bunch of these effects, it seems like there are better, or there are cantrips that do these effects better, but you can't, then you'd have to take a whole cantrip. Exactly, you can't do it. take a ton of cantrips. And so yeah. there's a lot to be said for Druidcraft's versatility. I mean, it's got four different effects yeah so in a way it's like a little bit of minor illusion with the sound of a small animal or the faint odor it's a little bit of control flames the weather thing is uh completely independent it's it's druidcraft unique and the the flower blossom is again kind of a minor uh sort of a a minor effect but yeah together just the versatility of the cantrip probably helps I think if you're a druid, I would guess you probably take this because it makes you feel like a druid. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I think it's its main value. Um, and if not, you probably can't take it. So, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said about just taking the spell that fits your character rather than this is the optimal best spell that I can take to be most prepared for whatever my DM throws at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
you're building ultimately a character and not a you know killing machine yeah (laughs) this uh this helps drive home the fact that your character has a, a personality and and describes the sort of relationship that they have with the world like they are friends of the nature spirits and the nature spirits Mm -hmm. answer their call that's that's pretty cool (laughs) that's not something that most people can say yeah i try hasn't worked for me yeah you know (laughs) one of these days we'll figure out what it what it takes yeah yeah i think ordinarily we go into how this would be used for a dm but i think this is this strikes me as mostly a player kind of cantrip if your players run into an NPC druid, definitely this is cool stuff you can have them do. Um, yeah. But probably this is something that a player is going to take to show off that the fact that they are a druid or in tune with nature. Right, yeah. I mean, if you were going to make an NPC who was that NPC who was giving flowers to everyone and making them bloom, like it, you could help give an NPC some personality with this. But Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is a very, again, if you're a, a fey-packed warlock whose patron is sort of of the woods, like Oberon, the, the Green Lord, or something like that, this is a fantastic fit for you. The fact that you know the spirits of nature uh, yeah. seems like a very fey sort of thing. I would picture a lot of fey creatures can probably cast this innately. Um, yeah. And that would fit very well for druids or warlocks or folk of, of that uh, of that power source. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's all we have to say about druidcraft. Do you have anything else? Yeah, of course. I want to hear what our listeners have to say about druidcraft. So follow us at Player Spellbook. It's Player Spellbook with one S on Twitter. Share your thoughts. Direct us to your homebrew spells so we can review them. And join us next week for the Warlock's Bread and Butter, Eldritch Blast. Thank you.